So here at Faith Covenant Church, one of our basic premises in children's and student ministry is that if we're going to have kids and students be the future of the church, we have to recognize them as the now of the church. We must recognize that their voices are important, are important and, their, and their experiences are valid. Um, it's been my pleasure to have known and worked with Cindy, Sydney for many years, and I, I firmly believe that she has a voice that is important, and she is a young lady of deep faith and of great courage, and I, I'm pleased to let you guys know that today, Sydney will be preaching for us. Sydney, would you come on up? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for all the gifts and the skills that you have installed in Sydney. Uh, Lord, that image of you that you created her in, the plan and the purpose you have laid out before her, and I thank you so much um, that she had the courage to answer the call to preach today. And Lord, I just pray a blessing upon her that she would be your conduit today, that your words would come from her, and that our hearts and our ears would be open to what you have to say. In your son's powerful name, we pray these things. Amen. Good morning, everybody. I am so nervous. I, I um, actually went to sleep at 2 a.m. because I just couldn't shake the feeling. And when I was sitting down over here, I was hoping that the songs would go on longer so that I wouldn't have to come up. And as people were coming in, I was like, man, the turnout was great today. And I didn't want that. I was hoping for a few people here, a few people there. But you know what? It is what it is. We love you. Thank you. <laughs> If you didn't get the memo today, um, my topic is warrior versus worrier, and our attention will be in the book of Matthew. Before I do officially start, I think that it is very important that I bring up this side note. I can't preach in front of you and tell you that I don't worry on a daily basis um, about different things, but that would make me a hypocrite, telling you not to worry when I myself worry. Um, so I do believe that God wants me to preach to myself, but as an audience, I'm inviting you guys to listen. And I'm sure that something I say when I'm preaching to myself, you might relate to. Okay. Um, to start, I would like to kind of get a question going through your guys' head, and it will be on the screen behind me. My question is, how many of you consider yourself a warrior? Now think about that, and you're probably thinking, okay, what, what is a warrior? It's not, I'm not talking about a warrior, somebody that goes into battle and fights, um, but I'll have the definition of warrior. Okay, 
So a warrior is a person who has the knowledge and skill to overcome obstacles and challenges. Okay? Um, or are you a worrier? So based off of the definition that I had, are you a warrior or are you a worrier? I don't think I have to just define a worrier because I'm sure you know. Um, but I can raise my hand and say, I am definitely a worrier. I was kind of thinking about it, and um, my mom, when preparing, my mom was like, okay, Sydney, don't talk too fast, don't be nervous, just, just say what you have to say, God will give you the right words, and I'm like, I know, Mom, I know. <laughs> But uh, I think once I started talking and hearing you guys laugh, knowing that you're going to be with me helps and that you guys are not against me. <laughs> so I did say I'm a worrier, so I'll just list off a few of the things that I do worry about. So one thing I worry about on a regular basis is food. I mean, let's imagine I go to a restaurant, and there's this great big menu, and I'm like, ooh, wow, this is great. And I'm deciding which I want. I'm reading the description on everything. And then the waitress comes around, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, okay, okay. So the waitress goes around taking everybody's order, and then I start chatting because I'm not paying attention. And then she comes to me and she's like, hi, miss, what would you like? And I'm like, uh, well, uh, well um. so I always worry about what I'm going to eat because I don't know if it's going to be the right choice. Because I might see my mom's food when she gets it, and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> that looks good. I really do hate making decisions. Um, another thing I worry about is going to sleep. When I go to sleep some nights, I think, what if I don't wake up the next morning? <laughs> it, it sounds funny, but it's, it's really something I do worry about. And I'm thinking, okay, well, what did I last tell my mom? Maybe, can you buy some peanut butter? And I'm like, oh man, if I die tonight, I told her that I need peanut butter. So um, I try to make sure that I make the most of each day and not worry about it. Just, you know, enjoy the moment. Anyway, I know I'm not the only worrier out there, and some people, like myself, will be worried about when things are going good because they're wondering when things are going to go bad. And then, when things are finally bad, they're wondering when things are going to be good again. <laughs> so, um, I would advise you to remember your response to my question, whether or not you're a worrier or a worrier, until the end of my sermon. But I would like us all to open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. 
And if you are using one of the Pew Bibles, it will be on page 1505. And um, the words will be on the screen as well. And you can give me like an amen when you get there, something. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. You good? Amen? Okay. Okay. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34 says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? So I'm going to backtrack a little bit to verse 26, where it says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. So quick question. Have you ever seen a stressed bird? <laughs> no? I didn't think so. So just imagine birds on the street, and they're like, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? You don't see that. So a bird must go look for food, and sometimes that food just happens to be in your hands. So you're having a picnic with your family, you're bringing all the good food, and you have a sandwich, and you know there's those brave birds that'll come up to you at cool and be like... Hmm, what you got there? And they'll peck some of your food and we'll shoo them away naturally, forcing them to then move on. But the bird, in the end, knows that somehow, in some way, there will be food provided. If God can make sure that a bird has a meal to eat, how is it that as humans, we need to worry about those kind of necessities being provided for us? Back in verse 25, it says, do not worry about your life. This um, verse actually reminds me of a story, which I'm sure some of you will know, but I'll briefly paraphrase it and uh, what happened to Daniel the prophet. So Daniel is raised to high office position by the king, and Daniel's enemies are jealous, so they hatch a plot to have him killed because they want him out of the way. The royal king at the time is tricked into issuing a decree, then condemning Daniel to death. 
So Daniel, now being condemned to death, is placed in a lion's den. It is expected that he will die within moments, but as night falls, he's still alive and kicking. So imagine there's these lions around him, and he's probably even using them as pillows. He's fluffing them so that he can get some good night rest. He's comfortable, and he's not worried because he knows that God has his back. He doesn't have to worry about being gobbled up. But the king, who is sleeping in the palace, he's tossing, he's turning, he just can't sleep because he can't help but think that he's part of the reason why poor Daniel's probably dead. Now, side note, please do not go jumping in lion's dens saying, well, if God is oh so mighty, then he'll save me. Because although God is real, I can't, you know, ensure that you're going to be alive out of that den because you're testing God's power. You're testing him saying, if God is real, he doesn't need a test. He knows he's real. When I um, stop to think about the word worry, three words come to mind. The first one is that worry is irreverent. While worrying, we are failing to recognize God's desire to give us life, but also sustain that life that he has given. Worrying dismisses God as our provider and our healer. The second word is that worry is irrelevant. If you go to stress about whatever situation for, let's say, 30 minutes, okay, you're pacing back and forth, you're doing that for 30 minutes, and you come back, what in your life has changed? Okay, so then you go back to worry for another 90 minutes. Has anything changed yet? No. So I recently heard a wise man who said, worrying won't stop the bad stuff from happening. It just stops you from enjoying the good. You may have heard his name around. I, I don't know. Uh, he calls himself Charlie Brown. And I really think those are wise words that we should live by. The third word is that worry is irresponsible. Worrying will burn time without even adding anything to the solution. Worry saps our energy and our strength so we have nothing left to take constructive action. So that is why God has partnered with his people in governing the universe. And we do that through prayer. He directs us to use our gifts, to use our talents and our time and our energy and our creativity 
to help create solutions to difficult problems. We need to be warriors and not let worry burn everything that we have. That's why worry is irreverent, irrelevant, and irresponsible. The last verse I'm going to have you flip to is Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 to 32, which is on page 1518 in the Pew Bibles. It will also be on the screens. So this is the parable of the mustard seed, if you didn't already know. Um, He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. Sometimes when we're praying, we'll get on our knees, we'll say, God, please just take away any of the pain, the hurting, the worrying that I'm feeling, Lord. I don't want it anymore. I can't take the weight. So God answers your prayers. He takes away that weight off of our shoulders, that worrying, and Maybe a few days later, he's, you know, he's handling in his ways. So a few days later, you get back on your knees. You're like, never mind, God. I want this back. You're not handling it the way I wanted you to. So give that back. So we're snatching these opportunities for God to create something good out of these problems. Let's say you go to a birthday party and it's your best friend's birthday party. And it takes you a whole week to decide what you want to give that friend. You wrap it up all nicely and beautifully, and you go to the party, and you see the other pile of gifts, and you're thinking, mine's way better. But you place your gift down, you're like, okay, yeah, that, that's good. They're, they're going to like it. And then as the party goes on, you're thinking, man, I, I kind of actually like that gift. I've always wanted it. Well, obviously I had the money for it, so I might as well just keep it. <laughs> so you take your gift back. You quickly run to your car, put it in your car. And you act like nothing even happened. Your friend won't know whether or not there was a present there. Maybe they will but you take that gift back because you think that you can do something more with it. It's the same thing with God. When we're on our knees and we're praying and we're giving him our worry and our weight, and God tries to handle it, but we take it back because we think we've got it. We like to take control. So 
when we give God our trials and our tribulations, that is letting our faith grow into a great tree or even a strong warrior in this case so that we, like the birds, can perch on the branches of heaven. God has already fought the spiritual battle. He's just wondering who is going to be a strong warrior by his side. He's wondering who, as a warrior, will use their knowledge and use the gifts that he has given them to know when not to worry and when to give it to him to take care of. I'm going to close with a couple questions. Are you a warrior or a worrier? If you are a worrier, what steps do you need to take to become a better warrior? If you guys would bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Lord, before we ask you for anything, we thank you for everything. Thank you for your patience in waiting for us to give up our worries because it is something that we all struggle with. Father, I pray that you will place your hands on us and your healing on us, that we will become a stronger warrior and that we will grow in our faith like the tree and perch on the branches of heaven like the birds. In your name we pray, amen.